0: Hello everybody. Welcome hey. to the Hello Storyteller Podcasts. It's Melissa and Meg. Hey, hey. Hey, hey.
1: <laughs> it never gets old. Our Meg's all Who hopped cares?
0: up today. She's got I a lot have... more energy than I do. Jesus. You know why, friend?
1: Why? I hopped out of town yesterday and took a little day trip with my girlies. Excellent day. It was. We headed uh down to the Central Coast area. We didn't go to the beach, but we went to San Luis Obispo, also known as Slow here in California.
0: Ooh, and, lingo. Uh,
1: Slow. Yeah, lingo. <laughs> Slaying, hey. <laughs> uh, but it was so fun because the girls have never been to Slow. So I had to show them around. And we they have like murals and paintings all over the window fronts and um, like the fire hydrants and the walls and everywhere. So it was, it's a really fun place to shoot. So like awesome. even in the entrance of the parking lot, they have, uh, if you go to my stories, well, you won't see it now, but maybe I'll save it in there. You'll see, they had this big, beautiful, like orange and teal mural. And so I stuck Emma, like right in front of that. She happened to be wearing a teal, like a darker teal jumper. So it just like looked Perfect. that <laughs> she was supposed to be. I know there she matched.
0: She matched so well
1: when I was watching. Yeah. her I was looking at your stories. I was like, did she plan that? <laughs> I totally did not. But I did bring a few outfit changes. I might have packed a suitcase. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> the
0: way you were talking, I thought you were like going out of town for several days. So when you're like, I'm back, I'm like, what do you mean? I thought you were just somewhere else. But oh, no, day trip. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
1: we're driving through different areas of California. It's a good two and a half hour drive from where oh, yeah. we live. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're driving through hills and, and mountains, and then we're going through vineyards and those types of hills. So there's a lot of different settings. Uh, we attempted to find this lavender farm that I wanted to <laughs> stop to and shoot at. <laughs> that was cute. Um, it did not. However, uh, it was closed due to COVID, and I couldn't really find it. Like, oh. I found the ad. but I'm like, hmm. I see no lavender. And then I called and they're like, due to COVID, I was like, okay, well, that was fun. And then, oh. but we found the positive note of, it was a really fun drive through the hills mm-hmm. and I, uh, my car has a sport mode. And so I shifted that into sport mode and there we went, <laughs> it was so fun. And so, um, going over the hills, they always, the girls always say, oh, that tickles my tubby. Yeah. Yeah. Always, my Say kids that, that as a too. Kid too. I know, uh-
0: right? <laughs> you always remember those like drives that you take where you're, you had that little like feeling in your stomach. And it's funny because my brother and sister and I were just talking not too long ago about this place that we would go get ice cream when we were kids. Yeah. And if you had asked me as a kid, I would have told you it was like an hour from my house. Cause it always felt like this adventure <laughs> when we went and we always went, but it we went, it's so funny now, like as an adult, like I know where it is in relation to where I grew up and it, it's like maybe 12 minutes. It's not far at all, Hilarious. but it was like this like back way that my parents went to take us there. And so we would go through like through this like forest area and we always would get really excited by the tall trees, which are just really tall pine trees, but there was like a bunch of them. And so It was just this, like you know, just like those memories you have as a kid that we were like, oh, it's you know, we're tall trees, and right by the tall trees was like a little. My dad would like speed up and would go over this little hill, and so you get that little feeling in your belly, and it was just like you know, it's just like one of those things that just stays with you of you know your childhood memories. So yeah, yeah, my brother and I used to call it bread and butter. I don't know why. (laughs) <laughs> Something my
1: mom or parents started, but yeah, anytime we'd have a tickle on our tummy like that going over hell, we say bread and butter. And it was kind of like a race between my brother and I who could say it first. And then, you know, we had a winner. So it was really fun. Right. So good times. Yeah. <laughs>
0: oh my but gosh. Yeah, so so it was a really,
1: it was a really good time. And, uh, it was nice. So nice to just get out of the house and not mm-hmm. live the same day to day stuff and really start our summer roadmap that I've been talking about on my Instagram. Um, I'm yeah. really, I'm, I'm getting out of the house this summer, like it's happening. So I'm kind of planning
0: because we can me. people because Thanks. we yes. can. Oh, also congratulations because California is now officially reopened for business. Yes, it is.
1: And a of places are not requiring masks anymore. And I am very yeah, yeah. happy about it.
0: I feel like an outlaw right now, like walking around without my mask. (laughs) I'm like, and my kids are so funny, right? They're so sweet because they still have to wear masks at school. Yeah. So I was I had to go into like I had to run into the the gas station, like, you know, convenience store or whatever to get milk. And I had my twins with me and I wasn't even thinking because I'm fully vaccinated. And so now that, you know, Massachusetts has been is like it's pretty much back to normal at this point. So you don't masks are not required. So if you're vaccinated. So um, I was like, hey, come into the store with me. And they're like, mom, we don't have our masks. (laughs) And I'm like... I think it's going to be okay. (laughs) But they were like, so then they're so sweet, like they're like holding their shirts over their faces. I'm like, no, you're really, it's really fine. It's okay. It's all right. Um, But yeah, like even today, like I went to go grab a sandwich for lunch and I was like, oh, I'm going to the grocery store. I'm like, do I have to wear a mask? Like I'm so glad to be done with them and shooting weddings without them is so much nicer than shooting weddings with them. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine shooting with uh uh Miserable. No, but I'm super excited for the summer, too, because we actually are able to, like, you know, go and do things. Last summer was so hard because, you know, we've been in, like, formal lockdown for, like, three or four months, and then it finally was like, oh, the nice weather's here, and you can't go anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So now we're planning to do all the things, too, so I'm, like, super excited. Um... And I think that, you know, that I think it just sort of breeds creativity for for us oh, as yes. artists. And I think also for the kids, too, because, you know, they're coming up with ideas of things that they want to do that maybe they wanted yeah. to do last year that we weren't able to do. And so, yeah, we're just, I'm excited. My kids are done with school next week. We have a half day on Monday, which is stupid, but whatever. <laughs> I know. So... I'm like, do you really want to go? <laughs> <so sad> <laughs> Let's there. just forget. Let's just I'm like, forget you don't it. need to go. It's fine. No, so like, no, we're really, we're excited. We're, we've got, we're making plans. We always do like a, like a summer bucket list with our kids yeah. of like things that they want to do. And so. Yeah, but I think some of the stuff that we wanted to talk about today was about the summer specifically, and some different ways that we get creative, some technical tips for you all about shooting in the summer, because it is wildly different than shooting in the fall or the winter or even the spring. (laughs) So I think the first thing we wanted to sort of touch on was this aspect of getting your kids engaged, right? Because I know myself, like, I'm planning, so my kids are doing, they have a half day on Monday, and I'm planning like two days of basically do whatever you want, (laughs) Like we got to ease ourselves in out of the school schedule and into the summer schedule because like they need a break. I need a break. Like it's just, there's not going to be any structure. It's just going to be do whatever you want, but you have to have structure when you have kids. Otherwise you will literally lose your mind. And so, especially I think this last year, I I know like all of my friends that have kids were all feeling like, gosh, our kids have been on devices a lot. (laughs) last <laughs> year out of necessity for school and, and mental sanity if, for those of us that were working from home. But I think there is this sort of like push to to really want to make sure that we're getting our kids outside and we're getting them engaged. And that can be hard. That can be a hard transition sometimes, if especially because our kids are, I think, used to being on devices and using technology. So sort of like reintegrating them with the great outdoors <laughs> can maybe be a bit of a challenge. <laughs> But we wanted to talk a little bit about two courses that we have that can help you as a parent do that in a fun way with your kid and, and get you out shooting and also um, a way to sort of help your own kids spark their their own creativity. And so the first thing is that we um, this is the second year that we've been doing this collaboration with Run Wild My Child. It's called the Ultimate Outdoor Summer Challenge. I love this collaboration with Run Wild My Child. I think it's amazing because uh, there's so there's three of our mentors that collaborate with Sarah from Run Wild My Child, and it's a six-week program, and it's set up to give you things to do with your kids outside, and also not just ideas of activities, right? For those of us that are like, uh, what do we do with these children? <laughs> All day long, <laughs> every day. Right. right? So there's activities to try with your kids, and that's what Run Wild My Child provides. And then our mentors, so Angie Malkey, Jill McMillan, and Stephanie Sweitchirt, created a, a shoot guide for each to go along with each of these activities. So it's awesome. There's a Facebook group for it, lots of community support there, people sharing their images. And it's just, it's a really great way to sort of motivate yourself to get out with your kids, to have something structured to do with them. So you don't have to think of it all the time. We're trying to help you out there. <laughs> and then also to be able to to utilize your camera. And this course is designed for any level of photographer. No, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be professional, but just gives really simple tips on how to to capture kids in the summertime things like full sun things like water which we're going to talk about in just a minute too so lots of really great opportunity the live run starts on june 21st so it's in pre-sale right now it is only 39 dollars, <laughs> 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 uh, and i say treat yourself <laughs> 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 that's what i say <laughs> i concur no, yeah no so that's a really great and we're all the courses that we're going to talk about today we're going to link in the show notes for you as well So you can get them and the summer challenge is available in the, in the shop extensively. It's always available. So um, even if you don't grab in and get it during presale, you can still get it once it goes, it goes live as well. So that's one way to sort of be able to have some activities, ideas of activities. I know I struggle with that sometimes too. Like, you know, my kids always want to do like, big things like, mom, let's go to the beach or mom, let's go to Maine. They have this thing about Maine. really, I don't know why they want to go there. But like, let's go to Maine. And it's like, well, yeah, like some days we can do like a big, like, you know, it, you know, two hour one way drive somewhere. But most days it's like, I just need you all to get out of the house. And so that the the ultimate outdoor summer challenge really gives you easy things to be able to do around your house or, you know, in places close to you. That don't require a ton of like pre planning, which is great for someone like me. Fabulous. Boban, doesn't like to plan
1: anything. <laughs> I don't either, but I have been finding that it has been very helpful for me focus wise because mm, the F word focus. I have lots of <laughs> <laughs> the F word. The F word. I got the B word for balance and it's a real good time of it. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so but, up-
0: yeah. oh, go ahead. No, go no, ahead. it isn't. It is helpful to to have, I, and I shouldn't say, I don't like to plan, but it is a necessity. And so, but anything, sometimes you just want to be able to be spontaneous, but maybe have a slight bit of of direction of where you're going. Yeah, just, just a wee just bit. Just a little
1: bit. And Weave this it. course
0: can help you do that. They don't feel like a
1: spaz, because usually I'm like spaz, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'll just figure out when I get there, and then I'm, I you know, I get what I get. But if I go in there with a little bit of a plan like I did yesterday, right. then... Like that's bring a cool suitcase stuff. of clothes with you and on a day trip. Suitcase full of clothes <laughs> that you only
0: use one outfit out of. It's fine. Right, Exactly. It's fine. It's fine. You just <laughs> but you have the options there in case you decided that you needed them. Correct. It's better I to love be over prepared than under prepared. That's my motto.
1: <laughs> I tell my family that all the time because one time I didn't over prepare for camping, mm-hmm. I heard about it all weekend long. Yeah. <laughs> because I nobody
0: all the things. That's because nobody else prepares for anything. So exactly. the moms Hard have to prepare it's for fine. everything. So yes. Yeah, so that outdoor summer collab with run wild, my child is one option. the other option is that we talked about this, I think not two weeks ago on the podcast is our HS kids, um, photog- photography camp, which is happening right now. We're in the first week and I am teaching it right now. And the kids are amazing. Oh my God. They're so sweet and so excited. And this is, um, we're meeting tonight actually for one of our live meetings. And I can't wait to see that one of their assignments is due today. I can't wait to see what they are coming up with. But there is potential, if there is enough interest, that we will run this camp again, like mid-July, beginning of August, somewhere in that vein, like before school gets started. So if you have a child in your home who's maybe looking for a creative outlet who has expressed an interest in photography and they're above the ages of eight and up, then this is a really great camp for you to, to check out. I'm not gonna go back through all the details of it. Again, you can go back and listen to the podcast from two weeks ago, but it's a four-week camp. There's four different instructors. We cover the foundations of photography. We talk about editing, we talk about storytelling, we talk about indoor photography. The mentors are uh, and instructors for this camp are phenomenal. And it's one hundred and ninety five dollars for four weeks, so it's about fifty bucks a week, so which is is totally manageable. And there's a family discount as well. So Ooh. we'll also link the podcast from two weeks ago. So if you want more information on that, you can. You can always go to our website too, and that's there as well. But so, like for example, my son, who is just about to be eleven, which I can't even talk about that right now because it feels really old to me, and he's going to be eleven in like two weeks, and I, I can't. I don't like it. I know i had to go scouting yesterday i have a session this coming weekend and i needed to like figure out where i was going to do it so i was he had to come with me because he i wasn't gonna leave him home so he was like oh can i bring the my camera and i'm like sure so you know so he loaded up he has my old camera and my old camera backpack and so he like loads it up on his back and we're like walking around and you know he's taking pictures of birds and nature and grudgingly standing in place for me so i can take some test shots (laughs) But it's just been really fun to see him sort of come in to his own creatively as a photographer. You know, he loves birds. That's his thing. He wants to be an ornithologist. I think I've probably said that that before. So that's what he loves taking pictures of. And he's getting really good. And, you know, like animals are not easy to take pictures of because they don't stand still. They're like, they're like toddlers, you know? So, um, so he's doing really good pictures of my puppy Penny. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Impossible. But he's doing a really good job of of sort of coming into his own creatively and he's so excited because he gets to take all these pictures of the birds that come near our house and you know but i was able to have a conversation with him this morning as he was using the camera about you know he shoots on manual my 11 year old shoots on manual and so you know Ooh. he showed me a picture and he was like well i like this one better than that one and i'm like well why do you think you like that picture better he's like well I feel like everything is more like it's, it's bolder. I'm like, well, that's because your exposure is correct in that picture <laughs> as opposed to the other ones. So, but like, it's just, it's really cool. I think for me, you know, I have three boys and I love them dearly and they are, you know, they have wildly varying interests. You know, they love sports and they love, you know, fighting and, you know, wrestling and all those other things, but it's nice to have like something that I can connect with him on. It's also a passion of mine. So if you have, you know, kids or family members, nieces, nephews, friends, whatever, that have a, are looking for a creative outlet or have expressed an interest in learning more about photography, the camp is an awesome way to be able to get them engaged. So one of the other things that we wanted to talk about today was about gear safety when it comes to um, summertime. So the heat is one piece of things and humidity, and the other is water. Obviously, most of us that are in you know the summertime here our, you know, our kids are in water, whether that is in sprinklers or it's pools or it's lakes or it's oceans or whatever. And so, you know, I always I feel like I get this question a lot about, you know, how do I, should I use my camera at the beach? How do I use my camera near the water? Like what do I have to be careful for? And so I thought we could talk a little bit about some of the safety tips when it comes to gear in the summertime and also shooting around water too. And some cruel, some interesting ways to be able to use your camera in the water or I should say a camera in the water, maybe not your camera, but a camera in the water (laughs) to be able to get really cool water shots. So the first thing I would say is that be really careful about where you leave your cameras in the summertime. (laughs) Not in your car. Not, not in your car. Not in your not. car. Um, do not. So, not. just like in the wintertime, time, I mean, equipment can get too cold. Obviously, we know that the interior of cars, especially in the summertime, especially on the West Coast, which is in the midst of a heat wave, oh. <laughs> are going to okay. be upwards of you know a hundred and over a hundred degrees, which is not good for your equipment. So, when at all possible, you want to make sure that you are taking it out of the car. Um, which I know sometimes maybe if you're like going to like a public pool, if you're going to the beach, like your inclination would be to keep it in the car. But I would still say it's better to have it with you. Like chances are you're going to have an umbrella. Or there's going to be shade somewhere and you can at least leave it there. So that's one piece. Don't leave your equipment in the car. The other is okay. that in the same way that you have to let your equipment acclimate when in the wintertime when you're coming from a warm environment into a cold environment, you have to do the same when you're coming from like an air-conditioned house or an air-conditioned car into like a humid environment. Now, I know you West Coasters are not familiar with the humidity, but those of us huh? that What's in, that? what those gross. of us <laughs> you lived it. You were here. You saw it. You know it, what it was. Oh yeah, it was gross, <laughs> and it wasn't even that humid. It <laughs> oh, <laughs> was like a regular man. day. I oh. ran into this uh, the other day, actually. I had sort of forgotten about this because it was the first... We were in a heat wave a couple of weeks ago, um, last week or the week before. And I had had my camera in my car, which was air-conditioned, of course. And I took it out to start shooting. And all of a sudden, I was like, why can't I see anything? And I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Because, like, it was so humid outside and my car was so <laughs> cold that everything just fogged up. So... And you have to be yeah, careful of oh. condensation. So, in the same way that, like... We've talked about how you need to sort of like set your camera bag outside, like in the wintertime for like 10 minutes, like, be- you know, protected. But 10 minutes like, before you start shooting to let it like warm or like cool down to the temperature. Affirmate. You need to do the same thing yeah. in the summertime, too, especially if you're coming directly out of a really cold, like air conditioned environment into, you know, a warm environment or a humid environment because you can't end up with that condensation that can be a challenging cuz like your lenses get super fogged up and also it can cause condensation like on the inside of the camera too. So just keep in mind that you need to like plan, we talked about that, right? Plan to to let your camera bag just sit outside for like 5 to 10 minutes in the, in the summertime. So that's number 1. Number 2, you know the beach, the beach can be tricky. So I typically bring if when we when we go to the beach, which we go a couple times this summer. Cause it's not super, I mean, it's not super, super far, but it's also not like 20 minutes from here either. You know, I like to bring my camera with me because it's sort of like a fun time to take pictures. And my kids are usually cooperative and um, you have to be careful of sand, obviously. <laughs> and it's, yeah. Because you don't want to get, I would not recommend changing your lens at the beach. That's one thing that I would say don't do. You know, the camera itself depending on your camera body is 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 usually pretty well protected, but I always make sure that like as soon as I take it out of my camera bag, I zip my camera bag back up so I don't get any sand in my camera bag. I keep it really close to me. I make sure I have like one of those um I don't know, it's like a little brush thing. I like make sure it's all brushed off before I put it back in my camera bag. I would not recommend changing your lens at the beach because heaven forbid, as you change it, you get a gust of wind and like sand gets inside the lens mechanism. That would be a bad news bear situation. But I think, I think you can, and obviously there's photographers that shoot at the beach all the time. So like, obviously it's done. You can do it. You just have to be careful. And I know sometimes if you're there with like kids and stuff, you can get distracted. So I never like just put my camera like down, like on a blanket or something when I'm at the beach, I always make sure I put it right back in my camera bag. So I think, you know, you can safely sort of bring it with you as long as you're careful and paying attention to it. But then there's this aspect of water (laughs) and, you know, how do you get, you know, good pictures near the water without getting water in your camera? And everyone has their own level, I think, of comfortability when it comes to how close to the water you get. But that's where fun things like GoPros come into play. (laughs) Hey, 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 just busted mine out. I think I'm going to get one because <laughs> yes, do. I think it would be fun. And so we just got a kayak and Ooh, that's I'd fun. really like, we have a, we got a canoe last year, like a used canoe last year. And then my husband was like, we need a kayak. And I liked to kayak. So I was like, that makes sense. Plus we can't fit all five of us in that canoe anymore. We'd definitely sink to the bottom of the lake. So, <laughs> so I'd love to bring my camera, but like the likelihood of something falling into the water whilst kayaking with children is really high. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm not going to bring my camera, but I figure like if I brought, if I got a GoPro that can get wet. And so if I, yeah, if I bring it with me, then I can get pictures with the GoPro and that'll be cool. And it's super small and easy to carry around. Which GoPro do you have? I have the, I believe it's the eight. What are are they on now? (laughs) I think it's the nine. I saw the nine being talked yeah. about, but
1: do you have okay. the dome too for it? I do. So I have the dome. I got this kit that came with like all the stuff, all the stuff. All the stuff. And it was like, I mean, it wasn't very expensive. I got it on Amazon. So, but yeah, the dome is fine. And then I have like a, I guess a monopod stick, I guess you could oh, call yeah, it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that you can carry around. That's in an enclosed case. So if the kids have it, it and they drop it, then it won't, hopefully mm. won't damage it, but at least won't. Damage That's the exterior. a good idea. Uh, but I love the GoPro because it's so versatile that the kids can use it. And they have fun and they're engaged and, you know, doing photography, which is great. And they're getting inspired and um, getting creative, which is what we want. And it gets us outdoors, which is awesome. Uh, so I love it that it's, you know, for the entire family and not just solely for us, the photographer. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: So I think it is, it's a great... Uh, purchase all around. So yes, I agree. Go buy one.
0: Yeah. And they're not, I mean, I don't know what I thought they would cost, but like, I think this new, the newest one, the nine is like, I don't know. It's like in the $300 range, which I feel like my kids really want to be able to use cameras. And of course, like I run a business. I can't let them like be walking around my Sony in their hand. Like that's not going to (laughs) work. So they loved that little Instax camera that I got last year before we went on our trip to Tennessee, uh, which they still use sometimes now, but I think they would get a kick out of the GoPro and it'd be fun when we're out like canoeing or kayaking or just like, you know, sometimes you want to bring a camera with you, but you don't want to like lug the whole thing with you. Or if you're going to yeah. be out and about, like if we're hiking and stuff, you know, so, cause we're going up to New Hampshire for a vacation next month. So I think I'm, I think I'm going to get one. And I mean, we're not in the water a ton, but my neighbor has a pool. So I think it'd be fun. Like yeah. if we go over there sometimes to swim, like I think it'd be fun to like have it and be able to do some underwater pictures, which like back in the day, way back in the day, I'm talking like, (laughs) when did I go? 2003. I went to Australia. I went to Australia. It is back in the day. (laughs) I went to Australia in 2003. And my husband and I went, we weren't married at the time we were in college, but um, we went snorkeling on the Great Barrier Reef. And which was amazing. And back in the day, they had disposable underwater cameras. Oh, yes, Yeah. So I took all kinds of pictures underwater with this disposable underwater camera, which was so much fun, but I'd love to like do it, you know, like legitimately now. No, <laughs> you, know, I, you would love it. however many it. years later.
1: And I haven't mastered you- it. I don't really know what I'm doing still. And I've now figured out this year to wear goggles. You know, when I'm underwater yep. shooting. Yep. I feel like that could enough. be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> I literally would just go and shoot blind. Oh, my God. they're in the frame. You <laughs> didn't know. We'll open we're your getting.
0: eyes? Oh, my gosh. Well, yes, we usually I, I like contacts in, so that didn't really, you know, the two oh. don't pair well together. <laughs> sure. So if you're someone like me and Meg that don't really know exactly how to get good underwater pictures... We have a course for you. <laughs> I need to look at that course. I know, right? It's is called like the Erica? Art of Un- I know. It's called The Art of Underwater Photography with Erica Williams. This is a mini course. It is literally $20. So I think I'm gonna be getting that so that I can prep myself here. But she's talked specifically about using your GoPro underwater. And I look at her pictures and I'm like, how did you get that with a GoPro? It's so good. But it talks about like just It covers all of the things, and it talks about editing, which can be tricky sometimes underwater, especially in pools, because you get a super obviously like blue cast. She talks about editing. She talks about using color, composition, all the things for $20. It is literally a steal. So if you are someone who just recently got I've seen a lot of conversation in our um, Facebook community about the GoPro. So if you are someone that is in that community and has just gotten one or is going to be using one. You sh- you- I think it should be like a mandatory purchase. You have to get this. Yeah. <laughs> so fine. go get it, read up on it. And then, yeah, I'm excited. I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I think I'm going to get the GoPro. Maybe I'll I get do it I have to say
1: back in my day <laughs> when uh, underwater photography was a thing on iPhone, I still have my little like mm. underwater iPhone pouch that I would stick my phone in
0: yeah. and take pictures. And you fun. can also get like, like actual, like Cases like I know, like AquaTech is a company that you could like actually like put your actual DSLR in, but mm-hmm. because I know I have some I have some photographer friends even in the area who who do a decent amount of underwater photography, so they have like legit like professional like housings and stuff for their camera. But for me, I think the GoPro will be just right. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think so as well. Yeah, so I'm excited. Speaking about of it. I think it'll be fun, fun toys, I've been I've been going through my. Office closet here, finding all my goodies that I've been missing since I moved because I, you know, threw everything in there and then ran away. <laughs> so I uh, am busting out the drone for the summer because I really want to learn it better and not be afraid of my drone. I'm afraid of my drone. I call it droney apparently today because it won't charge and it's making me upset, but oh, no. it's fine. <laughs> and I can't find the little docking station for it. It's fine. I just it's have fine. to organize <laughs> everything yeah. fine.
0: The F word, the B word, the O word,
1: (laughs) focus, balance,
0: organize, all the words. Oh my gosh. These
1: are all naughty words. (laughs) Anyway. No,
0: I have, I, there's like, there's parts of me that sometimes that want to get a drone, but then I feel like, I don't know how frequently I would use it. There's lots of like regulations where I live about where you can actually use a drone. So I feel like the places where I would want to use it, I wouldn't even be able to. But I love just watching people. I think it'd be fun to, like, play with one one day. Like, and just sort of, like, plan to do a bunch of drone shots. Like, that could be fun, I think. But Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things that I know I struggle with in the summertime is how green everything is. (laughs) Uh, Everything is so green, which is awesome and great and a nice change from everything being brown and dead. But I don't know what it's like in California, but... Here in Massachusetts, it's not like a nice green. It's like a fluorescent neon. Yeah, green. that's pretty much the same. And so, <laughs> at least where I am. Yeah, so you know, so you're dealing constantly with like color casts on faces and skin tones and then just like trying to make the greens not look like puke neon. So that's always something like I I have sort of created my own little preset that like changes the greens to like how I like them to be. <laughs> so they look <laughs> yeah. normal. But if you're someone that struggles with greens in the summertime and skin tones, maybe specifically in the summer but maybe all year round too, there are two courses that you should definitely take a look at. The first is Mastering Greens with Laura Fraze. That is also a mini course. It is $20. Um it talks all about how to get your greens to look normal and not crazy <laughs> as they do. Like Do you ever like toggle back and forth and look at your before and afters? Uh Like when you change the greens and I'm like, God, it looks so awful straight out of camera. It's like literally so it doesn't even look like it looks in real life. Like it just looks crazy. So that course is all about, you know, getting your greens under control for different times of the year. Cause as we know, like the greens look different at different times of year. Like right now they're really, really crazy and strong, but in the fall time, it'll be a completely different sort of vibe. So this course covers all of those things. That's a mini course for $20. And then she also has her, ma- her wildly popular <laughs> Mastering Skin Tones course, too. That thing is like probably our bestseller, I think. Skin yeah, color by numbers. It is colored by numbers, primarily in Lightroom, which is super easy. And actually, I actually reached out to Laura yesterday because I was <laughs> editing a session and the family all had, they had completely wildly different skin tones. Oh no, um, the worst. Like, yeah, dad was super, super dark skin tone. Mom was super, super, you know, pale skin tone and their kids were like a mix in between. And I'm like, how do I balance all of these? Cause I want, I want people to look like they're supposed to look, you know what I mean? You don't want to make them, you know, their skin tones be yeah. super weird. And so, yeah, so she gave me some tips cause I had already sort of gone through her course and I was like, I still have so confused. Like, how do I do this? So she was super helpful in sort of making me be able to edit my session and get it out to my client. But that's a huge game changer, especially if you're someone that does client work because I would say like that's the biggest it's one of the things that people are always if, if there is critique about editing, it has to do with how they how they're how they look in the images, how their skin tones look in the images because I think there's a there's a strong tendency for skin for Caucasian skin tones to be far too orange. And there's a, you know, and then based on all the different types of skin tone colors, like you, it can just go, it can go sideways really quickly. And so if you're someone who has clients, making sure that your skin tones are spot on is really important. If you're someone that's looking to apply for our Hello Pro Creatives program, the artist program or the pro program, we're going to be looking at your skin tones. (laughs) So yeah you're going to want to make sure that those are on point. And so if that's an area where you struggle, which I think a lot of people do, cause it is hard, especially when you're dealing with color casts or surroundings or whatever the case might be, that's, that's a course that you should have. So if, again, if you're someone that has clients, if you're someone that's looking to apply for the Procreas program, you should get Laura's course on skin tones called mastering skin tones and make sure that you read through it and apply it. It's, it's not hard. It's not difficult. It's not complicated. And she spells it out in a really, really easy way. But you should definitely check it out. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last thing that we wanted to sort of touch on was some technical tips for shooting in full sun. Because as we know, Yay. the sun's close. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and, sunshine. And, you know, golden hour is at about Eight thirty, so yep. uh, that can be a bit of a challenge. And so sometimes you just have to embrace that that full sun. I do think that there is still sort of there's a there's different types of full sun. So there is like full sun at noon time, which is awful, and I think wonderful <laughs> should be avoided at all costs. Like between nine and eleven, full sun yes. is great. Between like four and seven, full sun is great. Between 12 and 3, don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, unless you're looking to really use like harsh shadows and get really creative that way, like, and do that sort of like top down lighting, which, you know, is more, I think, sort of like fashion industry is sort of like focused. But like, you could, you can go out and get, but you're gonna have to really be able to master split lighting because that's what you're gonna have going on at noontime. So I think there is some really good tips for utilizing full sun and i actually like to 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 pull in full sun in my galleries with, with my clients to give them some just some variety like i don't use it a ton but like i know specifically i'm thinking about an engagement session that i shot last year on the beach and we met i'm not even kidding you our session started at 6 45 and the sun was almost still directly above head because it was gonna set like weirdly typically for us on the east coast the sun does not set over the ocean obviously, (laughs) because we're on the East coast. But sometimes if you are at a certain particular point, you can get it. So it does. So the sun was going to set over the ocean and it was so high in the sky still that I was like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? Because it was so high that I couldn't, I almost couldn't even shoot backlit because it just was not going to work. So I did have to sort of like embrace and utilize full sun. And so I would say one of the tips that I use is, it's obviously like not having your clients look directly at you, that's obviously not going to be super great for them. They're going to be really squinty. So if you have clients like more than one person or even just one person telling them to focus on something else, focus on each other, focus to the side of you, you know, or close their eyes and sort of like, you know, make it sort of fun and kitschy and, you know, sort of like use something to block the sun, you know, just sort of like, but Asking your client to look directly at you while the sun is directly behind you and shining directly on them is just going to result in people being squinty. (laughs) And you're going to want to make sure that you're compensating, obviously, with your aperture, because if you're shooting and your clients are in direct full sun, you're going to want to bump that aperture up so that you're not blowing out your subjects, which can be really easy to do in full sun. That's the first piece of it. The second piece of it, as we talked about before, is the timing of the day. So I think full sun in the morning or full sun in like the, you know, earlier to later afternoon is the better full sun to use just because it is a tiny bit lower in the sky. So you have, you know, some, a little bit, it's a little bit, not as, not as harsh as it would be if it's like, you know, directly midday. The other piece is sort of like where you're going to place your subject. How are you going to utilize the harsh, you know, the harsh direct light? Um, And sometimes if you have like, you know, depending on where you are, if you have trees, if you have buildings, like you can get really, really creative with shadow placement and really, you know, utilizing a block, say of like, like in Boston, I can do this a lot. So you know, the way the sun kind of comes through the buildings, it sometimes creates these really neat, like almost geometric sort of like shadows on the ground sometimes or, you know, on the backdrops of things. And so you can really sort of get, you know, interesting pictures by utilizing the way that the direct light is falling in the city to really like highlight your subject or to draw your attention or like use it as a leading line. So I would say you can sort of keep your eyes open for how you can sort of incorporate and utilize that that light, are you just putting it like on a, on a sliver of them? Are you just highlighting, you know, like I, in my mind, I have this picture of, you know, of a couple like being really close and kissing and maybe that sliver of, of direct light is like right sort of in between their faces, or maybe it's right, you know, in the me- center of their bodies, or, you know, maybe it's highlighting, you know, if it's in game sessions, highlighting, you know, her hand and, and the ring. So I think, you know, you have to sort of get creative with your subject placement and, and what you're using to potentially filter some of that direct light too. I don't know, Meg, if you have any other ideas or ways that you utilize direct light when you're shooting with the girls.
1: I'm just thinking, I just try to use it as best as possible. And I try to just compose, like I'll see how the composition is and how the lighting is hitting them. And if they're super shadowy, then I'll change their position. So again, the light is um, hitting them, lighting them up and not causing those crazy shadows because I don't like shadows. Again, unless I'm getting creative. But, I don't know, I had to embrace it yesterday. I was shooting, what time was I shooting? At 2 o'clock in the afternoon uh, and doing some street photography, which is kind of really out of my realm and genre. So I really just kind of had to embrace my environment, and it was crowded and, again, out of my element. So you kind of just have to do the best you can. And uh, mm-hmm. it really helps that my Sony goes down to uh, ISO... 50, 75, 50. Yeah. Yeah. 50. (laughs) So that's wonderful. Uh, that really does help a lot. I don't know. I just, the different situations just call for different things, but I think you kind of touched Mm -hmm. on most of them.
0: Yeah. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, like sometimes I, I use the the direct light in client sessions and sometimes when I get to edit it, I'm like, "Mm, this didn't really work the way I wanted it to. (laughs) And that's okay. I think you, you know, as always you need to sort of make sure that you you know, if you're working with clients that you have locations in mind that can be versatile, depending on the light that you have and the time of day yeah. and all that jazz. But, you know, if you're just out, you know, by yourself or for fun or with your kids, you just try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And that's all right. And again, I, and too, I, I think, oh no, go ahead. The GoPro is very forgiving
1: uh, and full mm. sun. So that's also Excellent. something to keep in mind. They, it doesn't care. Like it,
0: it's kind of like film, like it soaks it all in. So I was going to say, that's the other, that's, that's a lot of times when I pull out my film camera is if I know we're going to be out somewhere midday in the summertime, I, I bring my film camera with me because mm-hmm. film loves light. <laughs> so if I am like feeling a little bit like, eh, I'm not sure if this is going to work with my digital, then I'll, I'll bring my, my film camera with me and I'll use that. So there's a lot of different options there. So we hope that this sort of sparked your creativity as we're heading into summer and school being done now and some opportunities for you to be able to get engaged with your kids, to be outside with your own creativity. And we just, as always, encourage you to hop on over to HelloStoryTeller.com, check out what's new in the academy, make sure that you join our Facebook community. Check out the Instagram page too. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you can be notified. We release episodes every Wednesday. And yeah, we have some we have some more interviews coming up in the next couple of months, which is exciting. And as always, we want to hear from you. So feel free to comment on this post on the Instagram page and let us know what you'd love for us to talk about. We want to make sure that we're giving all of our listeners what they would like. And so we need to hear from you. So make sure you pop over there and leave a comment. We love to hear comments. That also helps us too. Have a lovely rest of your week. Enjoy your time outside. Get out there. Get some fresh air. Enjoy your time with your kids. Enjoy your alone time too. Yes. (laughs) And uh, much needed. Yes. And we will talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends.